ride. We're going to listen to Sledgehammer. First time in a minute. I'm going to sample it. I sent him a message saying I need to use uh, a second from Sledgehammer. And would you be my mentor? And I also asked Madonna to be my mentor today, too. Don't expect responses. Who knows? Here's Wiggly Eyes opening and closing. Looks like this, uh, I think he won Grammy. He won a Grammy for this incredible video. He probably won many. It's like a train going on with this. The artist great song. Wow, that's cool. It's like oh, this guy passes past past the face. Dancing chickens, chicken, um, that's my favorite chicken, one of my favorites. 
Something like that with all the filters they have today on TikTok. Oh, that was an incredible video. I just kind of spaced out, so I'm going to worry about it. I wanna be me. Okay, let's just hear the whole, or let's just hear the whole beat. Speaking great. Show me around your birdcage. 
Cause I'll be honestly Open the suitcase Red out All the sweetest candy I'm gonna be Your snatch out Oh my name Games without frontiers. War without tears. <laughs> Playing silly games. Getting lots of eye contact. Shouting out your names. Just wish I Oh. 
He's such a good, hmm? good boy here, buddy. Spoken words. Go to their frontiers. Je sans frontières. Je sans frontières. Je sans frontières. Je sans frontières. 
Hans plays with Lotta. Lotta plays with Jane. Jane plays with Willie. <laughs> Willie is happy again. Suki plays with Leo. Sasha plays with Prince. Adolf builds a bonfire. Enrico plays with it. Adolf builds a bonfire that's talking about, uh, yeah, uh, Nazis, you know. Build a bonfire, burn books. And... Oh. Enrico. Is that Mus what's Mussolini's Benitos? Who's Enrico? Um, whistling tunes, we hide in the dunes by the seasides. Whistling tunes, we're kissing baboons in the jungle. It's a knockout. If looks could kill, they probably will. In games without frontiers, war without tears. If looks could kill, they probably will. In games without frontiers, war without tears. Games without frontiers, war without tears. Je sens frontières, je sens frontières, je sens frontières. Andre has a red flag. Cheng Ching is blue. Cheng Ching's is blue. They all have hills to fly them on, except for Lin Tai Yu. Dressing up in costumes, playing silly games, hiding out in treetops, shouting out rude names. Whistling tunes, we piss on the goons in the jungle. Oh my god. It's a knockout. If looks could kill, they probably will. Wow, what a deeply, uh, yeah. Deeply, uh, racist. If looks could kill, they probably will. In Games Without Frontiers, War Without Tears. If looks could kill, they probably will. In Games Without Frontiers, War Without Tears. Games Without Frontiers, War Without Tears. Just on frontier, just on frontier, just on frontier, just on frontier. Je sans frontier, 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 je sans frontier. The whistling breakdown comes. Gabriel sings a kind of respite from the battle. Whistling tunes we hide in the piano. American songwriter. Yeah. Oh, he actually. Mm. <coughs> <coughs> songwriter. A lot of artists in the 80s gave, gave us lyrics. Kept us guessing what they meant. Um. Games Without Frontiers came upon us at a time when song lyrics weren't there for the taking on the internet unless you had the album you were meant to play, Lyrical Detective, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's a young Kate Bush on backing vocals. Je sens frontière, 
That's Kate Bush. Did you know that? Because most people expected a British singer to yield English lyrics, they assumed that Bush was saying the word she at the start of the line and quit. After that, though, she's so popular, she's a funky... Uh, She's a mountain babe. She's so funky, yeah. In actuality, the ref refrain is simply the French. Yes, 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 yes. Translation of the title Je Sans Frontières. And it also happens to be the title of a European game show pitting international contestants against each other in athletic contests while in costume. European game show. Um, as a jumping off point to make some social commentary about the childish behavior of the world leaders making life or death decisions on behalf of their countries. Yeah, well, Adolf is Hitler. Kim Chang is, uh, sounds like, um, Enrico. So wondering if Enrico means another like uh, Hitler, a uh, fascist dictator. Um, Enrico is Spanish or uh, Italian. Maybe it's Benito, Benito Enrico Mussolini or something. Trista. Franco, what was Franco's middle name? And Ching Chang might be the um, Vietnamese, the like the or the um in Laos, perhaps Cambodia, the killing fields. Huh. Okay. Hence the laundry list of names, each seeming to represent a different parts of the world, some clearly modeled on the names of famous and infamous leaders, deciding who is going to play with whom. It's all delivered in an exotic yet brooding musical package. The movie verses and choruses briefly interrupted by a hopeful whistled melody. Gabriel spoke at the time of the song's release about how this innocent original intent seemed to expand into something relevant. It seemed to have several layers to it, Gabriel observed. I just began playing in a somewhat lighthearted fashion, Hans and Lottie, so it looked on the surface as just kids. Hans and Lottie? Oh. The names themselves, oh. The names themselves are meaningless, but they do have certain associations with them, so it's almost like little kids' activity room. Underneath that, you have the TV program and the sort of nationalism, territorialism, competitiveness that underlies all that assembly of jolly people. In the first verse, the kids seem to be only worried about who their play partners will be, although things do get a little destructive. Adolf builds a bonfire, and Rico plays with it. Second verse renders the political overtones a bit clearer with mention of contrasting colors on flags. Gabriel definitely walks a fine line between harmless and ominous throughout with the unsettling music helping to color our interpretation, dressing up in costumes, playing silly games. 
marching out in treetops, shouting out rude names, kind of like, uh, you know, mil- militaries, basically. That's kind of what the military does. Um, just like apes in the jungle, you know. The whistling breakdown comes as Gabriel sings of a kind of respite from the battle. Whistling tunes we hide in the dunes by the seaside. But the chorus hints that the bigger consequences of this foolishness is still to come. If looks could kill, they'd probably will the games without frontiers, war without tears. Mm, games without frontiers represents a breakthrough of sorts for Gabriel as it helps him segue from cult artist to chart threats. <laughs> A chart threat. That's cool. Called artist to chart threat. That's that's what I should uh, do too. It happened quicker in the UK where the song went top ten, while in the US it made a dent in rock radio but didn't hit the top forty. Ah. In any case, I remember hearing it. Those who heard it were in trance, even though they might have been belting out the wrong words to that intoxicating music. But very interesting, very interesting. Study his trajectory as a megastar of rock and roll. My unexpected rock and roll show. My uh, my rock historian alter ego is Zeldin Smatichesky. <laughs> Wikipedia. Peter Bray Gabriel, born February 13. Huh. He's almost exactly 20 years older than me, 1950, as an English musician, singer, songwriter, record producer, and activist. Same, same me. He rose to fame as the original lead singer of the progressive rock band Genesis. What? Lead singer. Huh. After leaving Genesis in 1975, he launched a successful solo career with Salisbury Hill as his first single. I vaguely remember this, even though I was only five years old. His fifth studio album, So, 1986, I was in high school, is his best-selling release and is certified triple platinum in the UK and five times platinum in the US. The album's most successful single, Sledgehammer, won a record nine MTV awards at the 1987 
MTV Video Music Awards. See, I knew it. I knew that. I remember, I kind of remember that he won many awards for that video. Sledgehammer. Because MTV was just coming out at that time. And that was the bee's knees, man. <laughs> <laughs> Won a record nine MTV Awards in And according to a report in 2011, it was MTV's most played music video of all time. Wow. What an honor. That's, yeah, that artist is brilliant. Who's a fucking artist for that? That was fucking brilliant. But he chose that. He was probably... He must have... I wonder if that is... Um, do, do a documentary, just... Uh, <coughs> I mean, like, listen to one and watch... <clears throat> Biopic on Peter Gabriel. In your eyes, there's a movie called Peter Gabriel in your eyes. What? No? Say anything? Peter Gabriel's song in your eyes will forever be associated with John Cusack in the 1989 film Say Anything. Cusack's Lloyd Dover coerced Diane Corp by holding a boombox playing that song over his head. <laughs> huh. I didn't know that. It's a beautiful song. I, d I didn't see that movie, so that's why I didn't know that. Okay, uh, Peach Gabriel. Ah. No. Behind the music. Ah, uh, videos. Come on, man. Peter Gabriel saw on the South Bank show. Nineteen making of this mini documentary. Peter Gabriel, the story of us, all about us making a video. Peter Gabriel, the story of. Okay, let's go mini documentary. <laughs> Astoundingly, 30 years after leaving the band at school, Peter Gabriel is still asked whether there's any chance of a reunion with Genesis. Well, I wouldn't want to go back to the band, you know, and I usually say that most people, do they want to go back living um, at home with their parents or go back to school? And the answer's probably no, but they, they're very happy maybe to, to visit and say hi to everybody. Perhaps such a line of questioning would be understandable if he hadn't found success as a solo artist. But it's safe to say that Peter Gabriel remained at the forefront of innovation in British pop music throughout the 70s and 80s. 
took the video to the lead single Sledgehammer from his So album in 1986, set a new standard for art in the music industry with its crazy stop, stop go, stop go animation, and was stop recently voted animation. the best video of all time. Uh huh. Most he was also a pioneer in promoting world music and is the driving force behind behind the WOMAD movement. was set up to provide a leg and distribution to international and has dedicated himself to introducing artists like Yusu and Dor and Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan to Western culture. After all that, it's hard to believe he can still find the passion to write and perform himself. After two weeks, I'm like a junkie looking for a piano. Uh, so I'm still an addict in that way. Uh, but I, for life, I'm interested in doing other things and uh, you know, being able to follow different projects, having a bit of family time. He did, however, also find the time to write the odd film soundtrack. His credits to date include Biko, The Last Temptation of Christ, and Rabbit Proof Fence. While his 2008 collaborations with Thomas Newman for the animated hit Wally won him a Grammy Award and a nomination for an Oscar. What was that? Like Annie Lennox, he has also become a devoted campaigner for human rights. Ah. And recently formed the group Global Elders. What? To work on so a pouch. What? On solutions for seemingly insurmountable problems like climate change and poverty. Wait, you need a pouch? Oh, yeah. Poverty. Other members include Nelson Mandela, Kofi Annan, and microcredit pioneer Mohammed Yunus. Ah. How was that? Something from it is open. There. A couple things came out. Oh no! How much can I? Just that. Yes. The vacuum's right there. So to do your kitchen, you want to have a vacuum. Hold on. We got down that fence. Hello, puppy. Oh man, what did you just <laughs> To a tour, to a record, um, and you've seen a lot of hotels, airports, studios, and not much else. He does, however, also find the time to write the odd film soundtrack. His credits to date include Biko, The Last Temptation of Christ, and Rabbit Proof Fence. While his 2008 collaborations with Thomas Newman for the animated hit Wally 
won him a Grammy Award and a nomination for an Oscar. Like Annie Lennox, he has also become a devoted campaigner for human rights and recently formed the group Global Elders to work on solutions for seemingly insurmountable problems like climate change and poverty. Other members include Nelson Mandela, Kofi Annan and microcredit pioneer Muhammad Yunus. Okay, um, <coughs> let's go to the other doc, the story of Peter Gabriel. Two thousand three. More music shows. After leaving Genesis, Peter Gabriel wasted no time in embarking on a solo career. Three self-titled albums would be released between 1977 What about his no longer feeling constrained by the limitations within the band situation, it illustrated why he had to fly on his own. Early reviews of the self-titled trilogy used words like cerebral, vibrant, experimental, and atmospheric. At that point in his career, he was referred to as a visionary. But sometimes I'm ahead of the game, and I think that's probably enough for my dad. In the 70s, electrical engineer and with the Italian designers cable TV system. There's this five optic place, but we're talking about entertainment on demand, um, electronic democracy, so home shopping, all this stuff. But because it was the big well, the beginning of the 70s, it was all based around a rotary dial of the telephone, just to give you an idea how old it was. And uh, so I watched him, you know, campaign for, for things weren't there yet um, and have a hard time but I think that's where my interest was sort of for what's coming developed Peter's third solo disc in 1980 which he considered his artistic breakthrough establishing him as one of rock's most ambitious and innovative artists when people call you a visionary does it make you squirm no, it's all right. It's a bit, you know, it's like when people call rock artists genius or whatever, and, you know, and you think that that's a sort of pretty valuable currency. So I'm not sure I'd apply it. I, I think I, I connect to some things before they normally or commonly adopt. He would also become one of music's most political artists. Biko, murdered anti-apartheid activist Stephen Biko, became one of the biggest protest anthems of the 80s. Ah, uh, Biko, 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 because... Biko is definitely a political statement in the film, which I've been in the past, and since it has such a reference, uh, I don't think it's, uh, although it's not always enough. 
obvious or people haven't picked up on it. I've seen a lot of people over the value the effect of music, both in the 60s, which is a period, and also this grand grandpa idea of instant revolution. The grand idea about social reform and the health of pop music, which I think are greatly exaggerated. But I think what you can do is perhaps trigger ideas and uh, tap people's thinking into a given direction. And, and that's useful. Beat going closer electronic and world beat elements years before those widespread musical movements would be commonplace. Looking back on it, was there one event that sort of got you inspired by world music? Oh, the first thing I remember actually was um, I had a problem with my radio and I was taking my shortwave looking for listening to it. I came across some music. But there were some harmonies and rhythms there that interested me a lot. And uh, also around the time that drum machines first were invented. Yeah. The first, very first one was a kit manufactured by a company called Pyre. And so you had the capacity to start looking at other rhythms to see what you wanted to program rather than just work with what was available. So I think those were the first sort of moments when I was conscious of looking at the sound. What is it about sounds that really changed? Well, I mean, initially I think it was blues and voices, and then a whole lot of specifics. And uh, just felt fresher than a lot of the stuff I heard coming out of the radio. So that was very attractive to me. And, uh, and I think, like many people, like when you're meeting a lot of people from places that don't speak your language, that have very different culture, there's a certain anxiety when you first try and get together. But, like, you're sniffing around and eventually find a way to uh, connect, and then you start making noises, and suddenly, you know, you. What human beings just can't expect to say And uh, when you break that ice and then you find a way to connect. And there isn't any division in it. Races or skin colors, just Peter's interest in world music allowed him to establish WOMAD. The traveling festival of the world of music, arts, and dance was designed to bring various world music contestants to a Western audience. I remember a train journey coming back to London one night, and I was very excited by some of the songs that I just heard. How on earth can we get this music to a larger audience? I began trying to think of uh, some sort of event where rock and roll musicians that had an interest in uh, world music and use that audience and then expose them to music from many cultures. One of the things that impresses me is that a lot of people tend towards cynicism with their enthusiasm. And I think particularly in this area we need a lot of enthusiasm because you know, most of the people that I know have been introduced to world music by chance or by suddenly find things that they really didn't know about, didn't expect to like, and become really enthusiastic. We really believe that it's been a increasing role in the future, that this uh, will shut out blinkers of what are going to be forced open. They don't open voluntarily anywhere. So we're going to 
most interesting areas in music are, are those which incorporate some high-tech and some non-European influence. We, in 1980s, started this from Waymad, which was music and dancing, because we couldn't find music that we were getting excited around the world. There were maybe two opera stores in London. It was hardest to find live shows. We started a festival and that got us into a new world record later on. Record label launched in 1980. A joint is more matter organization and Virgin Records. The goal is to make world music available to consumers everywhere. Today, Real World has issued records from almost 100 artists from 38 countries. And it wasn't about education, it was just about enthusiasm. Thank you. 
Gabriel. Story up. You're Gabriel. I always think that when you get on the music based conveyor belt and you bring album to album to album to album, it's like a dog eating its own tail. And, you know, eventually the diet gets a little boring and you need to do something else. I'm uh, stapling. As Peter distanced himself from his old band Genesis, the media had tried to create a rivalry between Peter and his ex-bandmate, Genesis replacement vocalist Bill Collins. Phil had also started to see success as a solo artist in the early 80s. With the sports teams of band, there was a certain amount of animosity. No, because we, I guess I've been in it for a long time. Be friends, and I guess there was a better level of understanding this competitor. I don't feel them alone, but we get on fine. We do. So, you know, work for sport. We tried to create a feud between the two Genesis vocalists, Peter and Phil would deny a feud existed. In fact, Phil even guessed about Peter's 1977 solo debut, playing drums on some tracks, and Peter returned the favor, contributing some vocals to Phil's How I Must Be Going in 1982. Other people were trying to create this rivalry. Yeah, look, you get that stuff. It's a better story. I watched him sometimes. We'd be in dressing rooms. So I'd be crashing away at the piano and he'd be thumping away and we'd both, you know, be forging some own, some of our own songs. And uh, um, all I was thinking at the time, we got a, I'm sure we'll be a very young kind of loud man for this. And he's a very natural musician. You know, he's got enormous respect for his talent as a musician. So I'm thinking to guest on his 82 record was almost a way to prove that, you know, listen, stop it, there is no rivalry going on. Yeah, and he was always very generous with his uh, sort of musical time because he, he, you know, he loved the drum and he would come and sit in and offer to you know, do sessions and all live stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's not really been a problem there. Peter's fifth studio album, 1986's So, would become his commercial breakthrough, featuring the hit single Sledgehammer. Some have called the groundbreaking Sledgehammer video the best music video of all time. It would become Peter's first number one single. The video involved over 100 hours of filming and would result in being MTV's most played video of all time. The video of Sledgehammer, the sort of frivolous nature of it maybe uh, tends to offset people's image of Peter Gabriel as a very serious man. Oh, I'm very pleased about it. I mean, I've always appreciated uh, humor and, uh, and seen you know, some humor in since that I do, but I think this is the first time that it's come come through visually properly, so uh, it pleases me. So, we feature three top ten singles, and we brought to Peter his first game. Yeah.
to sow would take six years and would begin the pattern of Peter's law and releases. If you look at other forms where there's writing a book, someone may take seven years to write a book uh, and someone else seven days. Uh, and that's acceptable, that time difference. But in our music, which is so business-based, uh, people start you know, getting upset if you take more than nine months to make a record. You know, I always think that when you get on the music-based conveyor belt and you do the album tour, album tour, album tour, it's like a bird eating his own tail. And you know, eventually, uh, the diet gets a little boring and you need to do something else uh, for your own sanity, let alone uh, what you're putting in. And, as they say in the garbage out. Um, so I try to do a few other things. But, uh, <laughs> 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 far off the solar teaching worth the wait. Us would be considerably darker as Peter would be going through a divorce during the recording. The album would reach platinum sales and mark his third decade. That's testament from the 80s, 90s. A lot of your contemporaries died to a certain decade. Always avoided that. I'm wondering how. I'm wondering too. Um, <laughs> I think it's just being consistent. It's curious, you know, and I'm very lucky in lots of ways because. With the um, one, I've got the tools of production uh, in the sense that I have a studio, I have a booth, open canvas. The Hotel Wayman Real World thing brings in all sorts of musicians. It's like a train station with the world traveling through. And, and so the stuff there can inspire me. I think that's a little different than when musicians tend to hide themselves away. And, uh, and it's also, you know, it requires a certain amount of courage when you start trying to work with people from different different places other than your own. That's, I think, kept me um, on my toes. And the story of Peter Gabriel. In cultures where death is part of life, uh, they seem somehow vital, more alive, and than a lot of our culture, which is just something that it doesn't get old and just attached to you. So, uh, I, I feel more comfortable with that. Peter Gabriel has long presented himself with improving the world through various endeavors and a number of charitable organizations and causes. So I'd rather live in a society where people are making some attempts to improve the world than one that couldn't give it down. I just think people have a responsibility to, to do whatever they can and make their voice heard. I just think it's large enough attention really paid that Peter would tell a headline the first benefit to it for Amnesty International in 1906. Long Stan, Lee Tzu, Brian Adam, Bob Geldof, and others. 
the conspiracy of hoax will commemorate the 25th anniversary of amnesty. Amnesty International was established to bring awareness to the plight of political prisoners being held captive and tortured around the world and other human rights violations. With all the atrocities of Hitler, um, there are more people in jail, more people being tortured and executed now than there were in uh, the whole of the Second World War. Now, that is an atrocity in itself. Uh, and very few of us are prepared to do anything. And yet the planet is shrinking. There's no doubt that we can affect things in other countries. Most of us are choosing not to do that. Was it at an earlier press conference when one of the people uh, that have suffered torture in the last six months uh, in a greater number involved in the outrages against the Jewish people in Germany in the war? I have some uh, German friends my age who were asking their parents how they could just sit back knowing that these things were going on. And I hope when my kids ask me that question in connection with the outrages and torture that's going on in the world now, that I'll be able to say that I did something on this tour. Very proud to be here. Well, in concert sometimes you meet people who've been in jail for six years or been tortured for many months on end and they'd be there shaking your hand with tears in their eyes and suddenly there was a real sense of why we were doing it. Just in numbers too, that uh, amnesty, the phones were being flooded and they were hoping to get 25,000 people in letters, postcards uh, to, to stop the torture, to stop the uh, imprisonment and, and I think they have, you know, 60,000 plus so in that way, it was definitely a success. And I think just in North America, generally, a lot of people had no idea what amnesty was. What, um, and, and I think they are really capable of doing for human rights what they did for hunger. They were aiming for 25,000 new letter writers. Just one of the most effective weapons that they have. It's just very simple. It's just people sending postcards to embarrass the government's torture and imprisoning people. Um, and I think they've got you know, 60,000, so uh, so that's way more. And I think on, on the money side, too, they're doing well. So I think in, in all the targets, it's succeeding. Peter would lend his time and attention to Amnesty once again. Two years later, he will co-headline Human Rights Now, Amnesty Benefit Politics. <laughs> Party's apartheid policies, he was sentenced to life imprisonment in 1964, accused of plotting to overthrow the government. He became a potent symbol of resistance as the anti-apartheid movement grew. He consistently refused to compromise his political position to obtain freedom. Human rights and welcome. We have great influence on our music and also on our politics. First time I ever went to a rock concert, this guy was on stage. He was Singing. We're 
against racism enshrined in its constitution. It was a message from all of us, from all of you, 